0: From a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back.
1: So, I was talking about last week on the episode. A family and I were relocating across the country. Big move, boxing stuff up. In fact, I was just spending so much time. Boxing things up that my fingers are raw, bloody, even. So much time. It's turning to, of course, pretty late fall over here in Massachusetts, getting ready for a massive relocation, buying houses, selling houses, cleaning things up, tearing down walls, parts of walls that we're already tearing down anyway. Long story short, with the the big move happening this year, we are not going to have a regular Christmas tree, which. uh, you know, it's like you're pretty standard, basic, white, Christian American. Like, I'm not, you know, I've never not had a Christmas tree. However, my wife did grant me for the first time ever, and I've been begging for this, we're almost married 10 years now, been begging for a Star Wars themed Christmas tree. She has granted me one. It is small, <laughs> but it is an all black, pre lit tree. Just it's going kind to of, kind of look like, uh, you know, like a starscape. And I'm going to fill it with all the Star Wars ornaments I have collected over the years. It's going to go right here in my Star Wars studio. Maybe it'll be set up for next week. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but very excited about that. And I'm curious, guys, have you ever done a Star Wars Christmas tree? Hmm. No. on the chat as well.
0: No, I haven't. I'm just thinking about it. I mean, I've had. I've always had Star Wars, uh, you know, the Hallmark Star, Star Wars uh, Ornaments and stuff, but never never like dominating the tree. Yeah,
2: that's a great idea. I've had a couple yeah, like like Freddie said, on the tree, but never its own dedicated tree. I like it.
1: Okay, Emily?
3: It sounds like a beautiful You're you're pretty minimalist. I am. I have not a single Star Wars ornament. I have, (sighs) in fact, really only until like like two years after I got married. I think that was the last time we bought an ornament. (laughs) After that I was like, you know, we really we don't need all these ornaments. It's okay. So we, um, we keep it pretty simple here in the Daybeck house.
1: You've got pumpkins behind I you. I do. So if you've got pumpkins, you can do a Christmas tree. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And
3: what else do you put on your
1: Christmas tree? Like red and green bulbs? I mean, that's boring.
3: <laughs> I mean, I can send pics when it's up. I'm like very – it's been very difficult to restrain myself uh, from decorating this early, especially because it's just everywhere. Every time I walk into a store, it's Christmas music and – it's just yeah, harder to avoid. Yeah, it has taken over. Um, I
1: am of the opinion that you decorate the Christmas tree on the night of the day after Thanksgiving. Nope. Uh, there is no other false, day on the calendar. <laughs> no other day on the calendar in which it is appropriate. And as is a tradition in my home, and it has been since maybe 1999, 2000, I'm trying to think about what year this album was released. We always do it to the exact same album every single year. You want to guess what it is? I'll give you a hint. It's very fitting with the theme of this podcast.
0: Taylor Swift. <laughs> something.
1: No, that is a Uteni. <laughs> we have a lot of Swifties on the team at Uteni. Uh, Chief among them. I, I, would, I would definitely be represented. It is NSYNC Christmas. Oh, nice. Uh, it was the first CD mm-hmm. we ever owned. I remember being like, this thing is so cool. It's so shiny. And uh, so nice. NSYNC Christmas is what we listen to Always decorate the tree. Growing up, my... Mom would do these crazy themed trees. So one year the, the tree – I kid you not. One year the, the theme was fruit. And so <laughs> the, the tree, all the ornaments, all of our like regular bulbs, the balls, and like the ones that I made in school, those stayed in the box. And we did pure fruit. We did huh? little pears, little apples okay that's all i remember Are they oranges like real
3: fruit, or is it just
1: nope we still like have them the my, my mom died my my dad gave me the bag of the fake fruit i was like yes love these uh, all right <laughs> so that's so we, one year we did a clown tree what? that one sucked for sure a clown yeah tree? so uh-huh yep the entire tree was covered in clowns that is not that's like a halloween <laughs> thing more so than a christmas you didn't thing. do that good night Oh, all right. Now this episode is going off the rails. Yes. My mom was a professional clown. Yes, so oh, that's part of right. the story. Okay, yes, that's part of the story. My mistake. You remember this, Rick? Uh,
2: yeah, and I, I'm surprised that we did it. My grandfather, you know, he was a preacher, but he also was a, a magician, a puppeteer, a photographer, a filmmaker. He did everything, and so that's amazing. No, no lie. For when I was uh, like five. To like six or seven, he lived in our house with us and we had a bonus room that we called grandpa's office. And to this day there is a Marionette puppet stage in that room. So I'm really surprised that we didn't have a clown Christmas tree because that would be right up my family's aisle. <laughs> What's the saying? Whatever.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's hilarious. Skimma Joe says as a kid they always put up the tree on Christmas Eve because nice. they procrastinated. <laughs> <laughs> so great. That's awesome. For me it is the day after Thanksgiving, which is like the opposite end of the window. Now you guys disagreed with yeah, that. No. Why is that?
2: My birthday is the end of November and so it has to be after my birthday. Or we can't celebrate Christmas until I've been I've been appreciated. My uh, life has been celebrated. Okay,
1: for sure.
0: I get that. Respect yep. it, I respect Day it. after Thanksgiving.
1: Yes. Well, thank you, Freddie. That's yeah. a normal answer. Well, One
3: year I did mm-hmm. uh before uh, before Halloween, actually. It was like mid October. I couldn't help it. I think it was the first year we got married, and oh then we gosh. also um, moved that December. So I decorated once, and then I got bored and redecorated, mind you, with like a shoestring budget. <laughs> I had no money. I was like putting dead plants in the tree, and then um, yes. we moved, and then I had to decorate again. So I decorated three times, and that was the last time I decorated before Halloween.
0: I'm very lazy that with my decorations. Crazy. I usually all my my Halloween decorations turn into christmas decorations. <laughs> there you go. So,
3: I would be very interested in seeing how that converts.
0: <laughs> Santa hats on everything.
3: <laughs>
2: Santa, Santa hat on the pumpkin. Santa,
1: Santa. Santa hat on Jack Skellington. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Santa Santa Freddy <laughs> Krueger with a
2: beard and a
1: <laughs> ghost with a Santa hat. Yep. White, red, white. Perfect. Um so every year for as long as I can remember when I was a teenager i've started getting one star wars ornament for uh every christmas every christmas season get one new i I limit myself because there's always several good ones Mm -hmm. so at this point i've collected i think just the right amount for one small tree we're about to find out we're gonna find out i've got an x-wing uh i've got these were last year's i might have got two last year i don't know uh i've got baby yoda
0: nice nice uh,
1: Going on the tree. What's fun is he kind of looks like an ornament. Mm-hmm. Hey, does. Yeah. And, yeah. Like he's a ball. It's more of an egg. Mm-hmm. Anyway, pretty heavy, though. Got to put him on a sturdy branch. <laughs> Here's what I'm very proud of. The Death Star. Oh, Ooh. Nice. The Death Star going on a tree, and then it blows it up when it's done with it. Oh. So these are going to go on the tree so very like soon. I'm very excited about that. Let me ask you this, though. I have yet to decide what this year's Star Wars ornament is going to be mm. right here live. Mm-hmm. Do a live show if you're an audio listener. This is live every Thursday night on YouTube.com slash where you can join us live in the chat. You, If you are live here with us tonight, get some input. Mm. Or, of course, you can jump over on the Legends Look Back Discord channel. You, What is it? Uh, Uteni.com slash Discord is how you can join there. You can chime in. Weigh in on this. Hey. What should be my Star Wars ornament this year? Should I get an actual ornament or should I like buy or make an action oh. figure and tie like mm. fishing line around its neck? Oh man. I specifically would like a legendsy ornament. Mm-hmm. What would be a good Star Wars legends ornament to go on my trip? Zeltron. Doesn't have to exist. We could make it. A Zeltron. A Zeltron.
0: <laughs> Zeltron.
1: That a would not fly percent. with my wife.
0: I was thinking you know what I was thinking was much worse. Uh Emily, we haven't gotten there yet, but it might oh, no. be. I think those of us who are reading it. Uh, what about the scene from Paradise Snare, just right on that tree? Oh,
1: no. The scene. The, uh, the religious scene. scene. Sorry. The... Is it like another? <laughs> <of> oh. We... <laughs> well, have you read it? Have you read the Paradise? I'm
0: reading it right now, so don't spoil it.
1: There's, there's the what are they called? The urethras. <laughs> no, oh, it's <laughs> a <the> live show. <laughs> <laughs> the uvulas. <laughs> That's not it. The beasts. I'm going to pass that... out. I can't. <laughs> oh. oh. The the big the elephants that vibrate.
3: What?
2: Let's move on. We, we, <laughs> we uh... got to get
3: past this. It's a thing. It's a
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, I right. know. I know
2: what you're talking the about. I, I read it I read it today, but I can't remember the name of them. I'm close. Yeah, yeah, you are. The
1: name of the species of the beasts. I'm so close. you I don't know the book. <laughs> in front of me. I'm gonna Google it. I'm not making this up. No, I, no. I realize I misspoke. for me. You're good,
2: me. dude. It's awesome. <laughs> I um, just but came
1: uh, around
3: the corner and was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> Freddie knows the answer, but he's laughing too hard to answer. Talanda Till. Yeah, that's nothing like that. <laughs> What's? It's on the planet. Y- Elysia. There it is. Elysia. Oh Man. Elysia. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's right. a the close to Thank it. you, to that's Skuma that's Joe. Yep. Reasonable. Thank you. All just right. uh, just so like your I Emily fanning her face. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't, y'all.
0: My cheeks hurt. Well, Emily <laughs> I really it.
1: can't. However, uh, it was a great answer. She said uh, Zeltrons. Freddie said the Talanda Till. Ooh, Thank you for yeah. uh, bringing that one up. Rick, what's your guess? What would, um, be, what would be your suggestion? My
2: suggestion, man, would be <laughs> Luke's severed hand, the forerunner for Luke. <laughs> you know, that'd be great. Just stick that on the tree. (laughs) That would
3: be excellent.
1: Gripping a lightsaber. That's so good. We could like, the thing you do at the Renaissance Fair where you cast your hand in wax. Mm -hmm. You could make one of those. But that would be really big That's
3: like a big severed hand to put on your tiny little tree.
1: We would do one of my kids' hands, which now starts to sound weird. a a little off. A severed. Child hand, yeah, we're working on it. That's, part of,
0: the, of it. Uh, that's part, part of the that's part of the Halloween tree
2: of, of Christmas. Yeah, very yeah. go. <laughs> I, I would
3: work really I've... well in Freddy's house, you know, Halloween. To <laughs> Just
0: put <laughs> a Santa Christmas. hat on it. Yeah, yeah.
3: stick <laughs> it in the tree, and then voila, it's Christmas.
1: I've got an extra Thrawn black series I didn't mean to buy two, but I did, and so I, <laughs> I bought can, two.
2: I meant to.
3: We put
1: all right. We put yeah. a little Santa hat on Thrawn. That would work. Tie yeah. fishing line around his neck. It's an ornament. Yeah,
3: you're really big about the tying of the fishing line.
1: Well, I, you, I'm redneck like that I mean, You need to great. display You need to dangle something from anywhere Fishing Fish line wow. Absolutely <laughs> That's
3: the answer like you're, uh, so You won't see it? your it's sticky, sticky cup <clears throat> thing
1: What a start to this episode <laughs> sticky, <laughs> sticky boss nass Yeah your well,
3: sticky boss nass Is hanging from some fishing line
1: Let us that know what your suggestion too. is Have you ever done a themed tree What would be a good ornament To put on a Star Wars tree We'd love your suggestions But that's enough Christmas. We got a little bit more gore and dark side lore to get into tonight as we cover Darth Bane, Path of Destruction. We're going to finish up our roundtable on one of the greatest Legends books ever written. So, without further ado, Rick, roll that tape. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back. Proudly part of the Utini podcast network this is a star wars books podcast for people who make home alone faces in the mirror every time they shave where we celebrate our rich eu history as well as dive into lesser known star wars classics i'm your host jared mays and i'm joined again this week we almost didn't have him but just in time he showed up (laughs) Freddie c how are you friend
0: i'm doing all right i'm doing all right i'm glad to be here uh I, i made a surprise Little surprise video for you guys, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to show that to you guys. Uh coming up soon, I think. It's gonna it's gonna be next. It's gonna be
1: next. I'm hoping it's well, I'm hoping it is what I think it is, but I don't wanna say it now's <laughs> supposed to spoil it, but uh glad to have you here. Freddie, excited to see Freddie for the most part, is like your classic team player. Um I take the bull by the horns, I crack the whip around here, Freddie tolerates me is so patient (laughs) so kind so generous we're really good one two punch when doing the show over two years together now man yeah and uh it's been maybe five times ever in the history of the show that Freddie's like i'm gonna do a thing and (laughs) i don't get any say in it he's just doing it and so this is one of those nights so uh, keep me on my toes for sure you know who else keeps me on my toes our producer rick grace
2: hello hello I'm here, and I'm wearing a NASA sweater that I'm really proud about. I Ooh, love this thing. Oh, that's
3: beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh,
2: <coughs> good stuff, man. It's comfy. It's getting a little chilly out, and so uh, nice to stay warm, you know, and um, something space-related, so <laughs> not quite Star <laughs> Wars, but I'll take it. It's I'll almost it. Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. right.
1: My, my kids and I have been watching this show on Disney+, one of those things where it was like, we need something to watch, and it popped up, and I clicked it. It was. It's called well, Across the Stars. Yeah, Among, Among the, the Stars. Them?
2: Yeah, mm. Among the. I just started those? watching it too.
1: It's so good. Yeah. It's about an Astronaut Chris Cassidy. Who's been yeah, to space man. And wants to go back. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Oh man, it's great. Love it. And then it got a little boring. I mean, it's fine, but like my kids were like, eh, I don't know, right? So then we watched the '90s classic Rocket Man instead. Mm. <laughs> you ever seen Rocket Man? So good, classic. <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time. As soon as I started it, my wife was like, "This is terrible." Good night, and she went to bed.
0: <laughs> Goodness,
1: my kids were like, "Let's watch that movie with the monkey astronaut." Like, oh, <laughs> That's <yeah>. the one. <laughs> Let's do it. Yep, for sure. Uh, you know who I didn't really consider in that uh, whole Home Alone intro there about uh, you know shaving in the mirror is our female co-host. How are you Emily Daybeck?
3: I'm doing well. Uh, my husband used to practice that though. He used to he had that little yes. fake razor. He used to shave like that. So.
2: Nice.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the thing: I didn't make it too gendered. In the fact that, like, you could make the face doesn't, you know, you just whatever you're shaving, you can still make the face. Let's be honest: Macaulay
0: Culkin didn't have any facial hair either during that time, so Mm
1: -hmm. it's true. I thought of it because Mm -hmm. uh, his brother hosted SNL this last week, and they referenced. I discovered I didn't know this: he hosted SNL in '91. As a kid, hmm. what? wow! He hosted Saturday Night Live as a
3: kid, huh?
1: He, anyway, I got to go back and try yeah. to find that. Uh, I watched one sketch from when he was a kid, and it was, oh, it was kind of rough. So we'll see. <laughs> they basically just did the uh, the Mighty Ducks voice oh, the yes. whole time. Mm. The entire sketch was like excellent. Uh, so, so, like
0: almost every day here,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a just a normal day in the life. In <laughs> Well, tonight, as we are doing a roundtable, we are going to be skipping some of our pre-show segments, uh, and Thrift Store Legends Lookout. However, Freddie couldn't help himself. He's got something. Freddie, tell us what you got.
0: Well, um, I'm not going to spoil it too much. Let's just say I pre-ordered this not too long ago. It came in, and I had I had it sitting on my desk waiting to unveil it here. And then I saw on uh, the show notes, no Thraken's Thrift Store. I was like, well... <laughs> Uh, I'll do something different. So Rick, roll it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so basically, what was what was there is just I may have blown up R two D two. Not sure. Still got to check on him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, ultimately, it's it's a lot smaller than your normal Tamagotchi. That's and tiny. there's like, <laughs> it's, it's super tiny. I'm like trying to figure out how to hold it. I was like, Sh- this thing is so small. It's like for a baby's hand. Well, hold up, uh,
1: hold up. Are, are Freddy's hands just yeah. way bigger than I realized no like
2: or or did did like the whole like time thing where you, you remember something differently and like maybe that's, they're always that size but you grew up and you're an adult now and so it seems tinier
0: these are just unusually small I, I have yeah, my I old ones okay. so.
2: that's the cutest thing I've ever seen
0: yeah it's a tiny little egg it's my, it it's my like new ornament egg. yeah
1: that would go great on a Christmas it tree worked. for sure <laughs> <laughs> and if the I got one of those my kids would never stop playing with oh, I it I know man well, yeah. well, that
2: is really neat,
1: Freddy. I, I thought about getting it, and didn't. it didn't seem essential for the collection. However, I'm glad you showed it off here on the show. Let us know if you, like, figure it out and have some fun with it.
0: Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. I can't wait. I don't know what I did to R2, but hopefully he's still alive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, did you mention there was a Chewbacca on there, too?
0: There is a Chewbacca, and you get to play Jarek with him. It's it's a little different. It's a fun little game. Uh, I just took a look at it real fast. Uh it, he, he wins or he loses and every time he wins uh R2's not very happy. So
1: Oh sure, right. Yeah. <clears throat> because R2 has to let Chewbacca win. <laughs> so are you telling me there's a Chewbacca Tamagotchi? Ooh.
0: It there's a visual of him actually ca- So there's a lot of weird visuals in here. Uh I don't quite understand it yet, but when I looked at it there was Grievous just hanging out and I had to beat him away. <laughs> And then, <laughs> it was really odd. And then I, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I brought it back and I looked at it and then C-3PO was being carried by Chewbacca and just like waving at R2. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing.
1: <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. Wow.
0: Yeah. So that's my Thraken.
1: <clears throat> that's Love great. That. I've got a couple things, but I'm going to save them for uh, an episode where we don't have a round table. I'm looking at them right there. I'll give you a hint. It was something I forgot that I ordered. All right, that's all I have to say. The box showed up. My wife was like, what are you doing? We don't need to be buying anything else. We're moving. I was like, wasn't me. It was Jared months ago, but it wasn't me. It's was a different Jared. It was time travel Jared. <laughs> Nevertheless, I've got a thing. Very excited about it. It's still got the cellophane. Now, this week we're going to be talking about uh, Darth Bane Path of Destruction. We are going to be looking a little bit more at some of the other characters that we didn't get to last week, so we spent our entire episode solely on Darth Bane himself and some of the background information on the book as well. But then, beyond that, we are going to talk about some of the overarching questions about the book. Before we do, uh, Rick, kick us off with uh, whatever advertisement we've got this week, and then we will get into Darth Bane Path of Destruction. We talked mostly about Darth Bane, the Sith Lord himself, last week. The Bane of the Sith. Bane of, you know, his father's existence. And then, of, well, with as many times as I've read this book, he's starting to get on my nerves a little bit. But uh, only because, like, he takes himself so seriously. But I, I do have a, a kind of a working hypothesis. I want us to ask, you know, one question about Bane himself before we move on to some of the other characters. All right. Uh, let me know it, what you think about my theory. All right. In this analogy... Darth Vader is to Kylo Ren what Darth Revan is to Darth Bane what do you think mm. test my hypothesis is this true the way that Kylo Ren idolizes Darth Vader is kind of the way that Darth Bane idolizes oh, man. Darth Revan isn't I,
0: it? I never thought about that but you're right that's excellent
3: mm. I agree with that 100% yeah mm-hmm.
1: okay
0: mm. Especially especially because they, they focus on, like, the one part, but not the whole, right? Uh-huh. Mm. I know. Both of them have, like, true.
2: a redemption story. That's true. I'm trying to poke a hole in that, but I really like it, so you're good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the biggest hole in it is that I'm referencing canon post-Return of the Jedi content on our Legends show. Eh, like, canon as far legends. as our show is concerned, Sorry, Kylo guys. Ren doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: true i mean and he does not exist in legend so that's that's a very that's very true
1: well let me know in the chat let me know in the comments what you think uh, would darth bane find revan's melted head and put it on a pedestal in his office if he had the
2: chance
0: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think if he had a chance he would totally do it that's yeah. what sith do right they collect especially
2: yeah i think late life bane mid mid late late life bane totally you know Um,
1: now i'm starting to think i should get a like darth revan helmet off etsy and then melt it a little bit and then put it on a pedestal you know that would be kind of fun in my new star wars collection i feel like partially
2: melting is harder than it seems though
3: that would be an interesting (laughs) video i'd love for you to film the process Oh my God. All the yeah, methods. then we can talk over
1: it on Legends Look Back. <laughs> yes.
0: well, it you would s- kind
3: of be fun
1: to get like the Darth. Uh, I bet it exists out there on the internet, like the Surely. the Darth the melted Darth Vader helmet. Oh, from, yeah, oh, yeah. From the Force Awakens, that would be great in my office. That's... I don't want a Darth Vader helmet. I have one. Oh, I have one. I could make it. Mm. All right, that mm-hmm. sounds
0: like a a sideshow piece. That sounds expensive. Exactly, redneck. I'm talking about a redneck solution. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that involves uh, carcinogens. You know, like mm-hmm. melted plastic yeah. is bad for the environment, isn't it? And it's probably it probably
2: good. known in the state of California to cause cancer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See <laughs> everywhere. I live
1: in California. Everything flies in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, everything.
2: <laughs> Texas too. Well, Texas too. <laughs>
1: we talked about uh, Darth Bane last week i do however want to talk about some of the other characters queued up for us uh, we've got a picture of githany herself githany who's kind of bane's right hand woman until she's not um what's the coolest thing about githany is it the light whip or is it the way that that she's so flexible and um doesn't you know doesn't exactly fit anybody's mold of you know, the, the perfect Sith student, and is kind of a partner to Bane, then becomes the right-hand person to uh, to Khan. Um, do, do you have anything that you particularly love about Githany, or is the light whip the best part?
0: The light whip is pretty awesome. I do like the light whip. Yeah.
1: And, and what's cool is they flesh that out in the book to say, like, any character, anybody who can, can fight with a non-traditional weapon. It keeps people on their toes, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> um, comes into play with Bane's uh almost said crooked lightsaber. His, what do you call that? Uh, the handle that's. Hilt. The tilted? curved
2: tilt. <laughs> tilted hilt? Yeah. The tilted. curved tilt yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: That's um, like a uh, bar. That's a tongue twister. Well, <laughs> that's there's, a bar.
2: <laughs> there's a tilted kilt that's like a Hooters yeah. that's Celtic. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. That's so, <laughs> I've never heard of this before.
2: Man, my hometown oh, Applebee's is on a business and they put that in there and I have Scottish ancestry and I'm like, they're desecrating my heritage. <laughs> it's all Ooh, good. It's so great. Yes. Tonight's she- episode
1: has me rolling. I cannot stop laughing. I know. We're, we're, having a we're hard just time focusing.
2: Uh, <laughs> we're just so much fun, guys. Oh my God. It's
1: one of those weeks. But seriously,
2: uh, I would. I would totally go to the tilted hilt and uh, <laughs> whatever. I think that he is. There's also the. Too. Yeah. She seems There's to be.
1: There's also the, yeah. the double-bladed lightsaber that. Hmm. Who's the one that uses that? The, the lightsaber master.
0: Uh, yes. Cordus. Yeah. He's got the dual double-bladed. Yeah,
1: yeah, or is it that other one? I thought There's it was the the, the Blade I Master. Keep getting confused in this book. Yeah,
2: Blade I'm getting myself confused.
1: I'll look it up. Um, but she she has the light whip. But beyond that, I do want to know. I do want to know with Githany, There there was this moment where Bane was really struggling in the academy. Right, he had kind of lost his way. He Got a Cyrox, Cyrex, C to the to the Cassim is the the light, The blade master, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yep. Um, yeah, he's got the double. No, he, yeah, he breaks his he breaks his double bladed lightsaber the two. Mm-hmm. Anyway, th- there's this whole theme throughout the book of using blades, using lightsabers in a way that nobody expects, like keeping people on their toes. And when you do so, um, it's not necessarily the best strategy, but the fact that they don't know what to do, yeah, is uh, <clears throat> the way to go. Do you want to chime in on that? I do. As a martial artist. Yeah,
0: that's so funny. I was just like thinking about this. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. So the reason why mixed martial artistry became a thing is because each, each martial arts has a strength and their weakness, right? If you focus on one, you're going to be weak in another. For instance, uh, I do judo, which is a wrestling. Uh, if, if I'm with a boxer and I close the distance and I grab his arms, he's done. I mean, there's nothing he can do. So if mm-hmm. you practice in multiple martial artistries or a different martial artistry that no one knows... It's hard to really defend yourself against something th- that is not known, right? And that's very much what they talk about in uh, during during their their martial artistry phase in 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 their in the school. Is you know you use something that's different. Uh, even in judo, if someone uses a different stance, it's harder to to go against something that you're not used to training against. And that's exactly what he teaches, which is fantastic. I, reading that was, you know, one on one.
1: Yeah, good. I'm glad that connects for you. It, it made sense to me in the book. Um, though it was different than anything that I had ever come up in the other Star Wars book. There's just like the double-bladed lightsaber. The reason that it's effective is it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but in this book, it's in the light whip, it's just different and it's cool. But in this book, uh, they actually they serve a purpose in the fact that it, people don't know how to react. They don't have a stance that's prepared. They don't have a form that is reactive against that, so that's what is effective about it, but that's not the only thing that makes Githany great in the book Uh, there is this moment that really had me wondering and as I was scratching my head I realized let's just talk about it on the show, you guys can help me figure it out Bane struggles, he regresses as a student, he uh, gets to the academy and far surpasses everyone, and then uh, upon realizing that he had killed his own father with the force this is spoilery, by the way we didn't get a spoiler warning on tonight's episode If you have not yet read Darth Bane Path of Destruction, we're going to spoil the heck out of it. So uh, get ready for that on this, what, uh, 15-year-old book? How old is this sucker? It's more than 10 years old, that's for sure. But uh, I kind of felt like the, the, the tension with Bane regressing as a student was resolved a little quickly. When Githany comes onto the picture, she sees something in Bane that nobody else does. She holds his hands, helps him connect to the Force, and problem solved. He's back to normal. What was it about Githany that helped Bane reconnect with the dark side even when the Sith Masters couldn't?
2: Hmm.
3: So I feel like Githany and Khan have a special Hmm. connection with, like, interpersonal relationships and the Force. Uh, I think that that's the reason why she's able to reach out because Khan really doesn't like Bane, so he wouldn't try. (laughs) Well, he doesn't know him, right? Because he's on Rusan the whole time. Um, But Githany... Is ruthless and has no boundaries. In a way, I think that is refreshing to Bane and um, and I think that her unique relationship with the forest is why she's able to reach out and connect him to it.
1: Hmm, that's good.
3: Because she like influences people around her, right? All the dudes <laughs> turn their heads when she comes in the room. Yes, that's true. Uh-huh. In a way mm-hmm. that is more so than just her looks. It's like an an aura about her. That I think that that's the way that she connects with the force and the force connects with her. So I think that, that that's what does it.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that theory makes sense. Yeah. Somebody else?
0: Uh, by the way, the book I think came out like 2006 or so. 2009, okay. 2006. Oh, yeah. yeah, so
1: 15 years is Was it not around the 2003?
3: I don't know. Never mind. It's not important.
0: Yeah, I can't remember.
1: Here we go. It's the most boring page <laughs> in the book. The title <laughs> page. Figure it out. It's
0: All 2006.
2: Books. Yeah, I just checked
0: the second ago. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. Why? Why does Githany reconnect Bane with the dark side?
0: It's interesting. Was
1: it kind of uh, too quick?
0: Emily, let me know what you think about this because I, I, I'm, I feel like she's just very raw with her emotions towards Bane, and and she's the only one questioning him, and she knows like, okay, you're strong. I know that you're strong. Why are you being? Why are you being like this? Like, what's up? And I feel like she actually really tries to figure out why, what's going on with Bane and, and just letting him know, like, stop it, dude. Like, quit quit, quit, whatever it is that you're moping over and, and get into it. Um, hmm. But at the same time, I feel like she understands that he's strong and she still kind of needs him. I, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's really hard to figure out what her motivations are. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: they seem to change. What do you guys think? In a way that's kind of frustrating. Uh, Dominic in the chat chat says that Githoney's able to relate to Bane because she went through the same thing, and I I had forgotten about that part. Actually, that that is probably why she was able to reconnect to him when others couldn't.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's a great point. Love that, uh, yeah. and also that you know he, he can manipulate. Uh, she can manipulate people using Jedi techniques yeah. with a dark twist. Yeah. and so I think that idea of being able to. Um, Help somebody else connect with the Force. Reach out and sense the world beyond you. That's a Jedi thing Mm -hmm. more than a Sith thing. But then Mm. obviously she has her own agenda and she's going to pit Bane against C-Rex. And then, um, you know, uh, pretends to flip on Bane, but then doesn't. But then she jumps over to to Khan's side. Uh, My big criticism of her is that she is a Mm flip-flopper. She can't quite pick up her mind. Well, she's,
2: I mean, is loyalty really a Sith attribute though? You know, no, <laughs> so, not really. And that's what Bane likes about yeah. her. Yeah, that you she's know, hey, she's advent uh, advantageous. I guess is the word, but something like that. Um, but I was going to point out too, um, that um, you know, force healers. That's that's a light side use of the mm. force, and this isn't necessarily like healing, but I feel like it does tap into that Jedi background that she came from, um, and so it's you know maybe not as accessible for dark side users who destroy and bring death, that it has to be something from the light. I could be reading too much into that, but that's my thought.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, really stands out to me. Every time I reread this book, it's as if they set up Githany to be Bane's Sith apprentice. They yeah. do. Right. She's, so it, but much. then she doesn't. Why? And that's what's so effective mm. in this. Do you know what's crazy? Is that she proves herself to not be worthy. Mm. Ah, oh, it's it's gut wrenching. When she dies, you know, she that's doesn't. So, make. It's so sad. Oh, yeah, it is tragic, Freddie.
0: It, it, this is it's funny because I, after reading the book and and sitting on it for a week, which is why I really like doing these these round tables one after the other like this. The one thing I noticed was she did exactly what what Bane did that almost ruined Bane, right? Which was he hesitated, and she hesitated to believe Bane. And ultimately, it led to her destruction, aka weakness, aka not a Sith, right? So, okay. so if he, if she had not hesitated so much on listening to some her instinct, which is Bane might be right, Bane might be onto something, I think it would have the story would have been a little different. But she did exactly yeah. what she told Bane not right. to do.
1: Hmm. That's a good point. I didn't mm. think about that—that that she hesitated certainly. Hmm. Yeah, it was tragic to see Bane talking with her, thinking like, "Oh, she finally gets it." And for her to reveal and then you can you can lead the Sith and you can take Khan's place and he was like, "Ah, oh, you don't get it." But what was maddening to me was Bane never explained it. No. He was never like, "I had a massive revelation." Mm-hmm. By the way, here's the sith holocron why don't you watch revan he's super dope you're gonna love him <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody loves him look at that helmet <laughs> he's got two different funko pops of different he's in different colored jackets but uh, he doesn't and he just like wants her to read his mind hmm. which was maddening to me and i'm like just communicate bro <laughs> but you know not like one of the sith's strong suits no nope. very good at being dark and broody yep though yep <laughs> The eyeliner helps for sure. You know who else mm. is good at being dark and broody? The leader of the Sith in the... brother. In the, in, there it is, Rick. He's holding up the, uh, <laughs> the yeah. eyeliner Bane cover. The original hardback there. Khan, Khan, of course, the leader of the Brotherhood of Darkness. And I'm just realizing I have it spelled two different ways in the show notes. You know why? I listened to the audio book, and I don't remember how it's spelled. <laughs> so sorry about that. But at least I didn't call him Darth Hannah. Am I right? No. Oh. <laughs> okay,
3: we all have Darn. our moments. Like <laughs> he without blame. I had to bring it up. You know, stone.
2: I just realized something. Being the resident Star Trek fan, uh, Khan and Sirak okay. are can both somebody, uh, Star Trek names. So uh, is this the most Star Trek book there is? I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> all right. Yeah, back to you, Jared. I, I couldn't tell you
1: because I've never watched or read Star Trek. Mm. My mom would watch Next Generation. After school as a kid, and I was like, Psh, this is lame. I'm going to go watch Digimon in my room. <laughs> so, in retrospect, cool that my mom was watching sci-fi after yeah. school. Very cool, but at the time, I couldn't appreciate it. I was like, there's not enough cowboys in this in this space show. It's not Star Wars enough for me, certainly. Well, uh, Khan, of course, is uh, different than Bane in the sense that Bane has this deep appreciation for history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Basically, he just really loves to play KOTOR <laughs> and um, is a massive Raven fanboy. Uh, but I wonder, do you think Khan's Brotherhood of Darkness, like their ultimate downfall, is their disregard for Sith history? That they, that they think they're progressive.
3: Yes. Hmm. What's the quote? Hmm. Uh, those that forget history are doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't
1: know. I don't know. My sounds idea. right. Know Something quotes. like that. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, you have to know where you came from in order to know where you're going, and ignoring the wisdom of age-old masters is usually a bad idea.
2: Mm. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. a good point. I think it's a symptom. I don't know if that's the single, you know, cause, but definitely, mm. uh, definitely a symptom. You know, I think having a brotherhood of equality among the Sith definitely is counterintuitive for Sith um, but yeah it's definitely part of it
1: it's interesting the way that Khan is contrasted on Rusan with the leader of the Army of Light brother of Darkness Army of Light uh, and that is Lord Hoth who I love the Hoth and, and uh, Valentine, Valentine Farfalla uh, kind of <laughs> relationship that they've got going on the contrast between the two and then you've got Hoth and Khan on one side um, Hoth doesn't you know in this book there isn't a protagonist and in books two and three valentine farfalla is much more he gets much more space in the book and we do a whole lot more with him in this hoth is not a protagonist he's your main jedi but he's not a good guy which i think works really well what sets this really apart from other villain centric books like darth plagueis for example though is that you do get to spend some time with really well developed jedi he's not a good guy jedi but he is well developed don't you think uh what do you think is the line in in reading a book like bane like how much should you be rooting, rooting for the good guys hmm. if if the jedi were like too likable would that be a problem for the book i spent so much time thinking about this hmm. like it's important that there's jedi in this story yeah but that hoth is lost his way right
0: yeah, and 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 that's the thing with Khan and and Hoth, right? Is is the more they are entrenched in this battle, it's funny that the closer they get towards the center, uh, in my opinion, at least, right? Like they're both becoming something that they're not really supposed to be becoming, and that's because the the forces, you know, every time a Sith or a Jedi dies, it has to balance out in some way, and and you get this weird this weird mix of of Khan trying to get everybody on the same page. And and Hoth trying to throw more Jedi into the mix, uh, but understanding the losses, and and it's weird because they they start heading towards the same point, which is like in the middle of the Force, and and that's the opposite of what a Sith and a Jedi are. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a really and weird.
1: Bane throws it all in the garbage,
0: and Bane becomes the true Sith, right? He's like, look, I'm I'm not gonna be the in the middle. I'm gonna be on the on the Sith side, and that's where I you know. Uh, we talked about it after the show uh, how how his turn kind of you, you could see a few points where where the negative stuff started to happen, and uh, you you start to notice that he 's really going towards the very opposite side of Jedi, and in order to counter that it 's going to be interesting to see what comes to the other side right and we the rule of two right there, it seems like it happened for a while, and we don 't get any redemption for the Jedi for a long time because the, the Sith just become way too powerful too quickly.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. Hmm. Certainly. Yeah, uh, if, uh, Bane does certainly inherit that role. They they were both moving closer to the middle. It's interesting that Hoth has this big transition, right? He has this transformation. This uh, you know, it's pointed out to him. Valentine Farfall holds his ground and says, "Like this is the light." And just because we're fighting a war doesn't make every decision that you make that you make right. Uh, let's keep the force in mind. Let's keep the right thing in mind, not just winning this war or beating. Khan. I loved the way that that was portrayed. The contrast between uh, Hoth and Khan, and then Hoth and uh, Farfalla. Farfalla is a pasta. What's this guy's name? Is it <laughs> Yes. Farfalla.
3: Yes. Valentine Bowtie Pasta. <laughs> <So> that's the <laughs> <she's> name. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. It's Bowtie Pasta. You uh-huh.
0: get spaghetti fett. What else? <laughs> thought we got, he was uh... more of an angel hair guy. <laughs> Hot dog Boba Fett, sorry. <laughs> I had a second
1: there where I was like, pretty sure I just said pasta and not Star Wars. Uh, Hold on. Yeah, My worlds I laughed planning. out loud the
3: first time I read that. In the book, it's especially like like the like the physical book. It's more obvious, but even in the, the audio book, it's pretty bad. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Is it
1: letter for letter the exact same word? No,
3: I think there's like one letter different. Like they add an H and a Y in the Valentine, and then um, they do... Hmm. An A instead of an E at the end of our follow-up. Right.
1: Okay, I was thinking about the last name. Spaghetti yeah. Valentine. Spag- Did you say Spaghetti
3: Spaghetti Fett?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said Spaghetti yes. Fett, but I meant Hot Dog Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. Always keeping me on my toes here. Uh, so let me ask you this. What lesson does Hoth learn about what it truly means to be a Jedi? Hmm. And then, And then why isn't that lesson remembered by the Jedi to come after him?
0: Hmm. That's a good question.
2: I'm going to just start talking. I don't have a really rounded answer, but I know that Hoth has a hard job, you know, leading the Jedi in a time of war, and that's never a good time to be a Jedi because that's not what the Jedi are about. Uh, and so I think anytime there's war in the galaxy, the Jedi have already kind of failed, you know, and have to have to right. learn a lot. And so... um, you know, what does he really learn? It has to do with, um, I guess, the means to the end. You know, and the way that right. way that they fight. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll tag someone else because I'm, no, I'm that's, just rambling. That's
0: a good point. It, it you brought something up about the Jedi not not getting into wars, but they surprisingly always get themselves into a war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, this this is called the Star Wars, Freddie. Yeah, <laughs> it is called the Star
0: Wars. It, I wouldn't love. The, my stories well, without a bunch of war
1: contemplation of deep <laughs>
2: mystical things i mean i'd
0: read that but you know <laughs> the interesting thing is is you, you you get into a sense of what the sith truly should be right and it isn't and it's not it's, it's the same with the jedi the jedi the jedi are about peace the the sith are about victory which is two different things right mm. But you also have ways of achieving it, which the Jedi way or the Sith way is to be to to be deceiving, not to be out to be overt with your actions, right? And a war is literally anti-Sith in that sense. Hmm. I mean, um, unless they're doing the machinations in the background, but to have Sith being a part of that war is not quite deceiving. Hmm. But also, on the Jedi side, you should just not fight in general. You should do everything you can to protect and and to to uh, protect and, what am I trying to say here? Serve? No, not serve quite. And protect. <laughs> yeah, protect and serve. <laughs> yeah. Protectors and, and, and peace, right? To create peace. Peacekeepers, peace keep. yeah. So yeah. so they're both out of their element mm-hmm. without really knowing they're out of their element. And I, I don't really know if they know how to approach it, to be honest. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, certainly. And it's one of the things that Valentine Farfalla seems to see clearly, which is... You know, spoiler alert for the other books going forward, mildly, he becomes the Jedi that we follow in much more detail. We see his own character growth from beyond this book and the lessons he learns from Hoth. I can't help but wonder if only his story was – if Hoth's story was told in greater detail to the Jedi of the Clone Wars era, it could be a great cautionary tale to protect against You know, just how the Jedi end up falling to palpatine which ultimately is like you know the culmination of, of bane's grand plan do you think that uh, that if anakin for example or yoda knew more of hoth's tale that it could have changed the way that it all went in the, the clone wars
0: <sighs> i can't remember maybe you guys can enlighten me but there's something that always that that i've been thinking about which is is it the C, the the seeking of knowledge that turns you towards the dark side. I, I feel like it's it should be the opposite, but I feel like every time we see a Sith, the more they learn, the darker they get. I'm not sure if you can say the same for the for the Jedi. But it, okay. it's something that I've noticed a little play on. But hmm. yeah, I I I'm having a hard time with that one. <laughs>
2: no, that is interesting. I think I yeah, I kind of uh something you're saying is familiar. Um is there a difference between knowledge and enlightenment? Um, yeah, you know the Jedi's—they seek to commune with the Force more holy, where I guess the Sith seek to dominate the Force. Um, and so I think that manifests as knowledge. But on the Jedi side, it's a kind of a passive oneness, I guess. Maybe is the difference. I don't know. I'm again, I'm just kind of talking out loud with you. But yeah.
0: um, I mean, you almost think that like if if they were to seek more knowledge. Into the past, which I feel like they should, right? They have all the holocrons. They stole all mm-hmm. the Sith, yeah, Sith knowledge. It's it's probably it's probably banned because you read it, you want to become one, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which we've seen. That's but, true. But like, do they actually study their battles and whatnot? I mean, I'm I'm assuming they do, but maybe that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? They're more they're more focused on their internal oneness and 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 enlightenment. That you know, it, you got to remember the things that happened, but you don't really focus on it.
1: When you say study their battles, do you mean like the day after the big game when you <laughs> and Watching your team dance. all go in the locker room <laughs> yeah. and watch watch the tape?
0: I mean, you you have to assume that that during the Clone Wars, they went into the t- the tomes hmm. and and brushed off a few of the holocrons and learned from the past, but maybe not.
1: Maze, why'd you miss that tackle? <laughs> Biggs! I don't know, Coach. I, just, uh, <laughs> I didn't hit him hard enough. I'm sorry. What do you mean to do? <laughs>
2: I feel like Yoda does have a line in the Clone Wars animated series about the Sith Wars at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to feel like, I feel like Yoda is the one that has the most, you know, knowledge about history, uh, you know. Because he's been there. <laughs> other than Jocasta knew, but. <laughs> uh, he is history. Yeah, he is, He's he was. Certainly.
1: yeah. That's one of the things I like about Bane. He's not a hero, mm-hmm. but you root for him because he. He's a nerd. He's a nerd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. He's, a He's big your protagonist, be- nerd.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: because with eyeliner. With because eyeliner. Because he he respects the past, and you're like, mm-hmm. he knows what's up. He likes Revan. I like Revan. He's my guy. Mm. Right. Absolutely. Now we've talked about the characters. Talked about uh, Bane and Khan Hoth Farfalla or Far- Farfalle. That's you know, <laughs> my wife's Italian cousins, uh, but. Is I got to reading this, we talked last week about how it was a little bit disjointed. Is like this segment of the story, and then there's this segment of the story, and now we're moving on to... Okay, the whole last third of the book is the adaptation of the Jedi versus Sith comic. Got it. Okay. I didn't used to see those scenes like I do now, maybe because I've read the book so many times. But I do wonder, do you have a favorite segment, like a favorite scene, a favorite setting? Oh, yeah. You basically have four main settings in the book. You've got Apatros where bane is a minor. you've got uh the gloomwalkers uh, where bane is, you know, leading his squad, which is the smallest segment of the four corban, uh, where saint where bane is a student, and then um Ruusan, where he comes in and blows stuff up. What's your what's your favorite of those four segments in the book? Mm. Uh Rick, let's start with you.
2: Um so uh, <laughs> I think the most important is what happens on Ruusan, and it kind of feels a little little rushed maybe, but I do think that what I want the most of, like what I would have been okay with extra chapters, is more Gloomwalker stories, because that was really cool. It's a totally different yeah. genre, and it was just, I enjoyed it, so um, either of those two.
1: That is a good point. It is a different genre. I, I'm feeling like there's a short story out there somewhere Oh it's yeah, message Trev. <laughs> I think that's but right. Don't do it right now because he's asleep.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nah, that's okay. okay. Let him know. <laughs>
1: Other side of the world. I think there's a Gloomwalker story from Star Wars Insider or something. We'll see if we can find it. Plug it for next week. Um, Emily, what um, what was your favorite of the four segments?
3: It's a good question. Um, I think I liked his time on Korriban the best. Um, I understood the nece- the necessity of Apatros, but I didn't enjoy reading it. You know, it kind of stinks to just, like, read how people are beaten down and beaten down and beaten down. Like, how people have terrible relationships with their fathers. But you need that part of the story to understand why he would be willing to do anything to get off of that planet. It's Like, it kind of sets the stage where he's... You know, it, it's a it's a dire mood. And then, like, you move on to Gloomwalkers, and you're thinking, okay, this character could redeem himself. And then it goes yep. right back deep into Korriban. And, again, he comes back up to the surface and is like, oh, well, maybe after I killed that one dude, maybe I'll come back to the light. Like, you may, you think maybe he has a conscience. And then, nope, deep dive into the dark side. And Rusan was not my favorite. I actually... I didn't really like him when he got to that stage. Um,
1: well, when his first moment is he smashes a guy's face.
3: Yeah, that was a little far. It was for begging me. for mercy. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was quite brutal. In the comic, it works really well. This is like Jedi or the soldier's like dying, and he's like, "Oh, help me, Lord Bane!" And he's like, "I'll smash your face. That's what I'll do." Yeah. It's like <laughs> Bane is here. Better beware. It's
3: like he stops communicating. He stops caring about anything except for his singular mission in life and i mean that's his transformation into becoming a true sith lord uh but it's not very fun to read about anyway
0: that's a good thing yeah that was my Uh, long
3: drawn out answer
1: (laughs) so we've got two emily that's taken so far you said you said apatros is your favorite
3: uh korban
1: korban yeah i'm a great listener Sorry. Oh, okay. uh, just Freddie, one thing, Emily. One two of the, the four taken so far. Yeah.
0: I'm going to break the rules again, as always. But, Emily, one thing I wanted to bring up is, is everything you just said literally talks about the name of the book, Path of Destruction, and oh. literally the end, right? Like, he, he is, his, his soul is, like, destroyed, if you were to look at it in that sense, right? Like, he is a mm. Sith. Like, he's, he's not coming back as a blue-glowy <laughs> end of story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love
1: that you said blue glowy. That's my Freddy's inside joke. Oh, that's great. But uh, yeah. You
0: know, just just the I'm going to go go off here and just say I couldn't really pick a section because the more I started thinking about each and this is why I feel like it's so disjointed. I feel like it's rushed. I do feel like it's rushed. They cover a a lot of stuff really quickly, which is fine. But goodness, how cool would it be to have like a comic book series of him in the in the Sith, Sith temples learning how to be a Sith, him in the Glow Walkers being like, what is it, Grimwalkers, Walkers, Glow Walkers, Gloom. what is it, Gloom Gloom? Gloom. Walkers. Gloom.
1: <laughs> glow Walkers it's like a color run. <laughs> color cool. run. Glow, <laughs> glow Walkers.
0: Like like glow very very or lightsabers. <laughs> glow up, Sith. Okay. <laughs> I so uh, it would be cool to see him in in that group being an elite soldier um, and then seeing him being trained and then seeing like the Sith battles and how, how intense those must be and, and how, how scary it must be to go against the Sith, right? Like that's gotta be a scary thing because they're, they're just so intense, right? There's nothing to say about it, but just intensity and power uh, and how much, how much the book just glazed over some of those really interesting moments Um so it's hard to... And, and that's why I feel like the more you read it, the more you start to think about those things in detail of like, well, I wonder what that could have been, right? Like we watch Star Wars. Yeah. The more we watch Star Wars, they talk... Then we notice them talk about the Clone Wars, right? And we're like, oh, well, what, how is that? Right? And then the more you watch the Clone Wars, the more you start to dig up of other things and et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's... I, you know, I rated the book really low. And the reason is because I just want more. <laughs> I wanted more, more detail. It should have been like a thousand pages of all these intense moments. I, uh, uh, but you know, it's it's a book we just I, I loved it. I, just going over it, it's hard for me to really pick. But if I had to choose, I would have to pick Coroban because having him grow into a normal person, in my opinion, with with some daddy issues to uh, a relentless killer and, and Sith, that's that's a major transformation.
1: Oh, I totally left out a segment too. When he goes to Lehon, the mm-hmm. unknown world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's another. It's a shorter segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he goes there only to discover there's nothing here, and then of course finds that uh, he's got this revelation from of you know, what the what the Sith were all really about. Now, uh, the rule of two, of course, um, is developed more in the second book. However. It's it's developed in this book. I, I do, Before we get on to that, I do want to say, I think my favorite segment is Apatros. I, I like this time around. It's really Carpishin's versatility as an author. The fact that he can write such a great war scene, and he can also write uh, such a great like, you know training montage in the climactic battle. But he, there's like 30 pages of a card game that is one of the most riveting scenes in all of Star Wars books. Mm. Mm-hmm. The card game at the beginning... Ana Patros against the, uh, you know, where they're having political discussions with the commander and the ensign. I, I was out running while listening to that scene. I listened to that entire scene start to finish all, all, all out on one run. And it, like I was running faster and faster every mile. I could not have loved it more. Hmm. I was like, maybe that's because I'm in my 30s now. <laughs> and uh found the political discussion very nuanced. <laughs> but uh, for me this time, that really hit, really hit well. Um you know also he like he developed such a great card game, Pazak, for the for Kotor and then and he did a great job with Sabak here. Love that game. Um Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you know, obviously the Rule of Two ends up being Bane's big accomplishment for the galaxy, right? This is big his big contribution. But I do wonder, is it all that Bane believed it could be? You know, the final culmination of it is that Palpatine conquers the galaxy, he destroys the Jedi, except for a few or in Legends, you know, a bunch. <laughs> um, was his twenty-year empire really Bane's grand plan fully realized?
0: I think so. I think it. It really. This is a tough one because looking at it, you know, knowing Bane, seeing seeing what ended up now, seeing how it ended to the new stuff, you know, it's hard to carry it over all the way through. Hmm. But if you really think about it. <clears throat> He wanted the Sith to rule. He wanted one one to, to have the power, one to crave it. And deception, everything, he wanted all of it. And Palpatine did it, in my opinion. Palpatine pulled it off really well. He just, he just threw the wool over everybody's eyes in the galaxy. And talk about deception. That guy... But it wasn't just him, right? If it wasn't for Plagueis... And if it wasn't for Tenebris, and if it wasn't for everybody before that, like, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't see what we're getting. Uh, And and I believe, like, ultimately, if Bane were to come back and see what Palpatine did, he's like, the Sith rule the entire galaxy, now we do it. Now we got it, you know? So.
2: Yeah, Uh, Emily,
1: what do you think? Is it 20 years? Really? Everything that Bane wanted it to be?
3: I mean, it does seem like quite a bit of sacrifice and generations of Sith to lead up to one person's success. So, and quite frankly, I'm not even sure that it's Bane's rule of two. It seems to me an awful lot like Revan's rule of two, but then again, everyone refers to it as Bane, but technically he got the idea from Revan. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little plagiaristic to just, you know, claim that idea as your own, but that's just me. Mm. Um. I think that that's the a, good, that's a
0: good, Emily. That was a great point. <laughs> yeah. I
3: feel like it's the unspoken truth that, like, that really wasn't his idea. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Revan turned to the light side canonically within okay. the non canonical universe that is legends. So, you know, mm. it's okay to discredit him. He yeah. totally ruined everything,
3: <laughs> which Bane apparently never read about. Um, but, I mean, was it the best revisionist stra- history? <laughs> Was it the best strategy? I feel like that was better than the strategy that was currently being played which was like this weird like, gray area between the dark and the light of like trying to bind together the dark side forces to be a team that doesn't work. So he saw that there was clearly a problem and he found a solution that was a better choice. Um, I think what he wasn't counting on is that the force is its own thing and it equalizes mm. itself in different ways that you can't control and i think that that was his mistake
2: hmm. yeah
0: it's yeah. it's the uh, control of the force versus the, the the being one with the force
3: yes like mm-hmm. discerning yep. the will of the force versus trying to control it i think that was and- his true his true error
0: that goes mm-hmm. back to him looking at all the all the books, too, right? He's selectively looking at knowledge. He's selectively yeah. looking at Revan's negativity stuff. Mm-hmm. Never looking at the whole picture. That's a good point.
1: Yeah. Sometimes y'all blow my mind with stuff. Oh, I like know, my head hurts. I'm, just like, I'm like, man, this is a good Star Wars discussion. It used to be like, I would beg my friends to talk Star Wars <laughs> with me. Now it's so and now big. you guys and th- are like, this is 30. going deeper than... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, one last question for tonight. Uh how canon is Darth Bane? Hmm. Obviously he is is, you know, samurai body voiced by Mark Hamill since season six of the Clone Wars and they reference, you know, Bain's order and all that. Uh you create the rule of two, or but um he this is the worst Yoda I've ever done the entire <laughs> I know, I know, I is that what that was? I
0: did, I thought you even- I thought you were having a voice moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, for the I didn't fit. even get the word
1: structure right. Oh, man. <laughs> Just edit that in post, Rick. Um, how canon is Darth Bane? It, it, how much of this story is canon? And then and then, what would be a good medium to bring more of his story hmm. into canon? Hmm.
2: Let's we'll
1: start with you, Rick.
2: Um, So this isn't exactly what your question is asking, but honestly, rereading this and then watching um, Rise of Skywalker again and the whole climactic final battle there, I think actually the lore still kind of holds up. You know the idea of um, Sith es- essence and Jedi essence kind of being present collectively. You know that's kind of what what Bane and Plagueis are. You know are, are working on throughout the Sith side of how do we keep this going and this spiritual. You know I don't know. I'm kind of getting off topic here, but um, I think that there's definitely room in 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 canon for Bane. Um, and like I said, I think there's, there's definitely some, some vibes at least that, uh, come out in this book that is, are in the sequel trilogy and trilogy and some of the other, um, content that's been put out a good medium. You've said it, but comics, um, games, you know, you can't go wrong. Bane's a great character and it's kind of, he's in his own little era that he's pretty safe for Canon too. So, um, bring it on. Let's do it.
1: Do you think we're going to see a new Canon Darth Bane trilogy? Or are we just going to leave this masterpiece alone?
2: Hmm.
3: I think it should be left alone, personally. It's famous enough that you don't need to make it canon for it to be recognizable.
1: Three Thrawn trilogies. <laughs> I feel like Bane deserves at least two. Two would be perfect, wouldn't it?
0: Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. It'd literally
2: be one embodying the power and one craving it. You know, canon, legends. Mm, man. Um,
1: yeah. uh Freddy?
2: Good
0: one. How
1: canon is Bane? How
0: canon is Bane?
1: And then what would what would you do with Bane's story if you were to cross that bridge?
0: Okay, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, so, I consider myself blissfully ignorant when it comes to timelines. I just don't care em- enough about it to try to fit it in.
1: E- until Trevor.
0: <laughs> until Trevor drops a bomb on something or whatever. But I mean, even in cases like where it does, it's still it's still in my head a Star Wars book. And it's hard for me to really see the, the division between canon and, and, and legends when I when I see like the new stuff, it's pulling a lot from legends, and so it, to me it's all muddied now, and that's cool. I, I'm I'm digging it. So so Bane coming back, I can see it. I can totally see it. But it it might be different. It might be in a different format, kind of like what we saw in in the Clone Wars, right? It was Bane, but it wasn't. It was Bane by name right like we we didn't really see too much else that that specified oh like you know he we didn't see any of his background or story he was just the character of being in that time uh which was cool so in that sense like it'd be cool to see something of of that nature and maybe i i would like a little bit more mysticism involved with some of this right like i sure. it, i feel like this was a very uh gritty war story kind of thing but but i feel like if if we did go back into Bane's time, it'd be so interesting to see, like, the martial artistry of everything. I mean, I've been thinking about that with Darth Maul. I'd love to see Darth Maul as a kid and, like, what what kind of intense training he went through and how he grew up. What
1: that young Palpatine series where he's trained in a young Maul. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm fixated on that these days since that Matt Smith news story came out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could keep rambling about how, to how to me, like, Bane is, is as canon as everything else right now and... and you know it's hard for me to really separate it and the fact that he's been in in canon it's it he's to me it's both right he fits in he can fit in both stories but i definitely would like to see something different if they come out with it Hmm.
1: yeah definitely uh emily you want to chime in on this one
3: sure um i think i would really prefer to see to like see it in a mini series um not necessarily just the bane story but kind of the background of the Sith. I think that in the films yeah. there except for the last film, there really hasn't been much knowledge about the Sith. You really do have to dive deep into books. And I think that the fandom would really be well served with being able to visually see what the dark side is and like what's happening kind of behind the scenes.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what's crazy?
0: I don't know, like, okay, let me know what you guys think. Emily, let me know what you think about this. Do you think Disney would focus any energy on the extreme negativity and and intensity of the Sith and make you like that? Because technically the Sith are supposed to be very unlikable, right? And part of me has a hard time thinking that Disney would ever create something that shows you, like, that because then they're going to be cool and people are going to want to be Sith, right?
3: Well, I think that there's a healthy appetite for villains in Disney, right? Yes. There's the Cruella movie that just came out that really humanized an otherwise very unlikable No, like,
1: don't spoil it. No, 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 no
3: spoil it. I'm
0: <laughs> not going to
3: spoil it. I'm just saying, like, it was incredible. Don't tell me what well happened to done. the puppies.
0: And, Emily put it right yeah you're, yeah you're good on that one I
3: think that there's an appetite for it and I think that this the path of destruction book I think does a really great job of showing hmm. you how human Bane is and how your choices really do affect your, the outcomes and how if he had only made different choices it would have been different and it ultimately mm-hmm. it could end in his demise like you could still no. tell a moral like there could still be a moral to the story but while yeah. making him a relatable character and one that would stand with Vader, you know? Yeah. I no,
2: dig I totally it. I, yep. dig I totally agree. I dig it. totally agree. And um, yeah,
1: great comments here in the chat. Yeah. We even have a 99 cent donation oh, from Andrew. Goodness. Okay, I finally saw the poop emoji. <laughs> I, I was wondering what he was talking about, and then I moved my window over, and boop, yeah, poop just moved right onto my screen. So thank you there for that Andrew. Big spinner over there with your 99 cents into Corey's pocket. So appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, did you have a comment to go with your 99 cents? Do you have something to say? Or you just want to make a... a he just wants to
0: troll smile? you.
3: Can we be bought for 99 cents? <laughs> he he, he wants, wants to let really you know... where we're at?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to let you know that he beat Shadows of the Empire in about two hours.
3: Oh,
1: beautiful. <laughs> I never did get past the gall. Maybe at the new house. I don't, don't know that I'm getting, it, getting to it before that. We will see. A lot of good comments here in the chat. Yeah. I can't get to all of them tonight. Yep. But uh, I do want to say thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, good commentary more to, oh, we got the Rogue Squadron news we'll talk about that uh, sooner or later but not t- tonight um, I do want to say though if Bane is adapted right they like change the story you know like when it, something from Legends is brought over into canon they often like will change one detail or one letter mm. for example uh, Korriban in canon is Morriban yep mm. right change one letter mm-hmm. I would like to see Darth Zana Change to Darth Hannah. Good night, everybody. That's it. That's all I have to say. Uh, if you are following along with us at home, sorry, Emily I had to do it. I'm if still, still waiting for Darth Karen. Want... That would just be.
2: Oh man! Fantastic. Shots fired. Pew, pew. I bet she's a
1: professional clown in her spare time. <laughs> wow. That was my mother's name. Thank you. Can we just meet in the middle uh,
2: and just this Darth Anna?
1: Just Anna. Yeah,
2: Anna? I, I dated one. She broke up with me, so she's definitely Darth. Without the. I'm you should put a, an apostrophe sure. before
0: yeah, the there you go. Anna. So it sounds like an accented. Hello there, Anna. <laughs> Anna.
3: <laughs> just Or with like two uh, A's at the beginning. Can't
0: yeah. believe I just did that. <laughs> Never going to do that again. I'm
1: here for it. You know what else? I'm here for our next roundtable coming up on December 9th. We are going to talk about the Boba Fett Blood Ties omnibus that was just recently released on November 9th. Mm. So very excited about diving into that one. Uh, in the meantime. Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. Uh, we want to thank especially our incredible patrons for your amazing support. Thank you for helping us make this show. We've got a lot of fun things in the pipeline. Before the show went live, we were even just brainstorming some new ideas and some fun things that we have got coming your way uh, for the rest of this year and beyond. want to thank especially our... Uh, high-ranking patrons Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander, O.K. Indar, and J.G. Kars on our Jedi High Council, as well as Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Sally, and Chris Eilerson, Freddie C., Earl Q., Tyler Latour, and Matt Billington on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Well, wow, that's really become a mouthful these days. So, Uh, Very excited to have more people there to mention as well. Remember, of course, uh, sub to the channel here on YouTube. Leave us a review in your podcast, platform of choice and we could use the boost that would help more people to discover what we've got going on over here in our obscure corner of the internet if you would like your thoughts around the show you can email us at legends you can send us a message in the legends look back discord channel leave a comment on this episode on youtube you can send a, a, a scream out into the beyond and maybe we'll hear it or record a holocron and uh, maybe in a thousand years we'll find it in a sith temple
0: well, maybe not that one, but you can
1: contact us on Twitter uh, at Legends Lookback, or I'm at Jerry Q. Mays, Freddie
0: at Wake Up Freddie,
1: Rick at
2: Rick underscore Grace, and Emily
3: at Darth Dayback.
1: Wonderful. So, if you are looking to buy some of these books, such as Darth Bane: Path of Destruction, we have discussed on this episode, or boba fett blood ties the omnibus yes which is now out with our affiliate links over there on utini.com you go over to utini.com you click uh you type in the book you're looking for you click the links down there in the profile amazon ThriftBooks, barnes and noble we've got all kinds of links links for days you can pre-order a book three four times well i guess you know the ones that have been out for decades you don't have to pre-order it you just order it Either way, we get like 4% to help keep the lights on, and it really does go a long way. From there, if you read a book, want to let us know what you think, leave us a review. We would love to get your thoughts read here on the air. Remember, everybody, to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force do it.
0: This is a Utini broadcast.